Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Celebrating episode 150 of the Sports Podcast. Anthony and Tim with you here today. So much to talk about that since the last time we spoke, because uh, we've taken a little hiatus unintentionally, but it kind of happens in life. Football season is here. The first four weeks of the NFL season has transpired. We'll talk about that. The baseball season has ended. The Indians have played their last game as the Cleveland Indians. They will, after this entire season's over, become the Guardians. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the last game and everything else going on. And, of course, Anthony being a season ticket holder and his experiences. Plus, we'll, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the Youngstown State Penguins football team. And, wow, there's a lot to get to tonight. So, that's just kind of an outline. And who knows what else we'll talk about. Because uh, I make an outline just now. It doesn't mean we're going to follow no. it. <laughs> Let me say this. Uh, we had this idea go. Probably standing there talk. Oh, yeah. Is it four? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. You're right. Yeah, I think it's closer to, to four to or five do now. 150 yeah. up, managing everything that on, and then you throw in the mix a global pandemic. You know, it, it's pretty impressive to still be going 150 up. Yeah. You know, it, uh, and you had all the offshoot podcasts that not even yeah, counted in yeah. that. Between the Ice Castle Report, the... The football shows mm-hmm. and the uh, scoreboard yeah. shows and the one-on-one interviews and special editions that we've yeah. had. Um, probably closer to over 250 yeah. Yeah, total it's... podcasts. I don't. I probably could look it up, and I didn't. This podcast that you it's and still, I do is 150 episodes. It's still pretty impressive. When you think about what our main objective was four years ago in March, five is coming March to focus on Ohio sports before we're passionate about and being smaller markets that doesn't have the national syndication national hype about it and you know it's impressive fun you know it and that's something I I say often it's fun it is fun well here's the thing I mean I don't like to blow my own home I've done in the past because I could care less yeah and I don't think Mm -hmm. our listeners care about my past I've had the fortunate opportunity to do sports talk. Mm-hmm. I've had the fortunate opportunity to do sports broadcasting yep. and on a lot of different levels. And I enjoy every moment that I get. Like last week when I got to do a Borman-Harding game. Mm-hmm. Uh, or when I go to Western Pennsylvania and do high school mm-hmm. basketball or football or volleyball or whatever else yep. I have the opportunity. It's, it's a really a recreational profession, yep. as that makes um the market changed so much in the last 25 from the day I began back mm-hmm. in 1990 as an intern at WFMJ Sports today. Our market has shrunk yep. tremendously. Time. The opportunities to stay local changed. I've been yep. in Cleveland. I've been in Columbus and other places. Uh, I've been home for a very long time again. And I'm not saying our market big enough, but it just doesn't supply the opportunities. No. So... When I look back at what I have achieved, it surprises me yeah, to it, be have the longevity I've had. You know, I was talking to Mark Means the other day, and I were talking about different things we've done. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mark and I are the most experienced broadcasters in the area, in the area yeah. um, that do high school sports. You know, he was having fun with me. He goes, you're the dean of the, of the group. And I says, I guess I am. I never thought of it that yeah. way. And. Not again, I, not to blow my own horn because I don't really care. I think I'm the least known of everybody, be quite honest with you. 
and, and it doesn't bother me. People go, oh yeah, how you been doing that? Really, you know? Yeah, and they then, don't. Yeah, they don't realize. Yeah, and I care less. And it's, the story is never about me. Mm-mm. When I do a game, the story is about the players and their event. It's never been about me because I'm just a vehicle telling that yep. story, ever it may be, whatever, whatever game, whatever team that is being covered. And that's the way I look at it. And I never thought it's about. It's fun. It is a great challenge. And I sometimes wish I could put more time towards mm-hmm. that skill set than I do. And sometimes I get upset with myself because mm-hmm. I think, wow, I could have done a better job. And maybe I'm hard on myself. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. And I love. I have a level of competency in what I do. Mm-hmm. And I do and I, and I know it will do well. Mm-hmm. That brings us to back to the podcast. When we did the podcast, is give us both an outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives me a creative outlet to do yep. this again, uh, not trying to to make it crucial. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, just entertaining. Yeah, never try to make a dollar off of this podcast. Uh, I hope to sometimes break even, but you know, yeah. if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I don't really care. It's not that expensive no. a hobby to have, to be quite honest. And we've had you know little small snippets of uh, of uh, sponsors and all that. Yeah. But you know what? I don't pursue it that much, and. Uh, if you ever want to donate to us, you can through buymeacoffee.com slash radio. Simple as that. And you want to give five bucks, you want to give three dollars, you want to give a buck. I can, you know, yeah. Fantastic. You don't have to. And if you do, it's great. Simple as that. And I, I it was just more of a volunteer type thing. It'll help us, mm-hmm. you know, pay for the web, web page, which, you know. This is more, this is more or less a therapy group now. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll get back into what we're talking about. We already spent like five minutes here talking about stuff that's in our part of our outline, which is normal yep. for us because mm-hmm. we haven't seen each other no. in a good three, yeah, four it's, weeks. It's been a while. Yeah. And really, I don't think we've seen each other since the beginning of the NFL season. No. Nah, maybe that was it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe after the first weekend. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Browns uh, off to a three and one start. Big win last uh, Sunday in Minnesota. A uh, an ugly win, but anytime you put it in the win column, that's a good thing, and that's important. You're going to have to win times. I don't care what team you are, mm-hmm. you're not going to be flashy and playing your best football each. It's impossible for any team. Even Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. last year probably took almost ten games before they found their stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, New England, all the championships they've won, they've had their they've had their amazing seasons where they yep. were undefeated and everything else. Mm-hmm. But they also had had their decision where they only won 11 games and they had a struggle, not a struggle, but it wasn't as concrete going into the playoffs that everyone thought it would. And then, of course, they always their stride and, you know, got a few breaks along the way. But again, that's sports. You have to have a break on the way. In professional sports, it doesn't matter how you win. In baseball, the National Football League, in hockey, um, in no. basketball, it doesn't matter how you win. A win still counts as a win. And the good thing about those playoffs, not a popularity contest. It's not an eye contest. It, these are the top best teams. They're in. There you go. That College. Brings, that brings us right to the baseball playoffs. Yeah. I mean, look at the National League. Who in the right mind ever predicted back in March, mm-hmm. March 31st when the season began, or April 1st when the yep. season began, that the San Francisco Giants would win 107 games? I had them pegged to the third place team. I had them barely winning 85 games. Yeah. They blew that away a long time ago. And that's not shocking considering Gabe Kapler failed in Philadelphia. Well, I don't know if... He wasn't great. Well, 
that's an and some of it is Philadelphia and their ownership and their you know. Yeah, that's an interesting question, and this this is a really interesting question f- philosophically about mm-hmm. coaches. Yes, you are graded one hundred percent on your record. Yes, but not necessarily are all coaches graded equal. Yeah, yeah. or have the right opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's only. It's like GMs. There's only 32 of these jobs. There's only 31 yep. of these jobs. There's only 30, 30 of these yeah. jobs, depending on what league you're, you know, type scenario. Yep. So you have to take the opportunity that's in front of you. If you're offered the job, you're going to get Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you're going to try your best to build it. Now, there are some coaches who are incompetent, prove that they can't yes. do the job. And there's others who prove that, well, they're competent enough to do the job, but we can't give them players uh, they don't have the resources, to win yes. with. They don't have the resources. And yeah. sometimes they grow into Sometimes it's the second or third job. Perfect example be Bill Belichick. Yeah. Bill Belichick in Cleveland had a losing record. Only had one winning yeah. season. Went to the playoffs. Every other year, he was a complete failure. If you went by records. Yeah. Today, everyone would consider him the, the best, greatest, coach of, greatest all, yeah. coach of all time. Exactly. Or one of the greatest yeah. coaches of all And especially of his era as a head coach. Would you cons- – I mean, time changes beliefs 100%. Oh, yes. But you look at the record in Cleveland. He was not a successful no. coach. Mm-mm. Now, what it does show you is what the importance of an organization yes. is mm-hmm. to a team. Ownership. And that's what you yep. were going back with Gabe Kapler – at Philadelphia, yes. the the organization in Philadelphia, and they're still in that yeah. same boat. Yeah, they're they're just meandering because yeah. they don't know what they're doing. So no matter, I don't think any manager in Philadelphia can be successful today under I, its current leadership. I agree. And uh, Terry Francona got fired from there. He struggled from there in his first. Yeah, that was years ago. That was right, a long no, time ago. Right, right. But I mean, the you only- look at them outside of Charlie Manuel for. A structure in the late 2000s, mediocre. Charlie Manuel is the most successful manager they've had. Yep. Going, you have to go all the way back to Dallas Green. Mm-hmm. Now, when Charlie Manuel was in Cleveland, I couldn't get him out of town fast enough. No. Uh-uh. No. Now, he never had a losing record. But he well, just. But the year he got fired, the team was in transition. Yes. And it weren't, they weren't they a good team. Comp- no. They weren't a good team. And I couldn't wait, wait. to get him out. Now, it, a lot of it had to be his philosophy on the games mm-hmm. it used to drive me crazy because I'll never forget this comment from him. When the Indians were down in a game, when he was still managing, he pinched hit for Omar Vizquel with, like, Russell Brainy. You don't do that. Now, where he's in, now, wait a minute. Let me set this up. They were down two runs. So he wanted two runs. But there was no one on base. And someone asked him, like, why did you do that? And he says, I was looking for a homer. I wanted an extra, you know, and... And the thing was, before you could go for the home run, you gotta get a guy on base. You have to get a guy on base. Who and has you, the better? Who oh, has scale. Yeah, who had the better chance to get on base? Now, I'm not saying Russell Brand didn't have the chance to one swing. He did get the ball out of the ballpark. He does, and always did. Uh, was he a great contact no. hitter and all that? You can debate all yeah. that later. That used to drive me nuts about Carly, uh, Charlie Manning. and that was just one of the. And quite honestly, I didn't think he was great, man. The pitching staff. Now, at the time, the Indians' pitching staff was on the downhill climb, yes, they were and old. I think many fans, like myself, overestimated what they had yeah. at that time. Now, transition to what he learned in Cleveland, added to his yep. fil- fil- what he did in Philadelphia, 
and how he managed that club and how that club loved him. And the players loved him in Cleveland, too. Yeah. He well, was Jim very told me. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that goes back to the minor yeah. league days. That's a totally different type of relationship. That's a once. Yeah. That's like Brady and, and Belichick. Belichick. They yeah. have a relationship that will yeah. last. Those two names. Forever, were yeah. yeah. Charlie Manuel with for Jim Tomey mm-hmm. has that type of yes, relationship. You're right. Not with Mike Hargrove. He no. had it with Charlie Manuel. Yes, yep, okay. 100%, yep. and, and that's just the way it works. Um, for example, uh, if I had to pick a player and I'm not and in the Francona era that has that relationship with Francona, well, he's had many. Yeah, he has. They've all come and gone, but Josh Tomlin was yes. that guy. Yes, he was. Yeah, you're right. You know, and you're right. But is, is, you know, it doesn't mean that the Indians didn't move on from Josh Tomlin. It's just they had that special relationship. I think Kipnis, too. I think there's few, yeah, I think there's he had a relationship guy, yeah, with right. many. You're right. But, I mean, of all the players in the world, you would say, really? Yeah. But Josh Tomlin, Josh Tomlin yeah. had that relationship. Yeah, he did. Yes, so, he did. It, there's so many different factors in that go on to it. But, uh, again, going back to my original point about the baseball playoffs, thought that they would win the West and win 107 games yeah. and beat the Dodgers, who won 104 and games. And Chris Bryant's batting six for them. Six. Hey. But uh, you know what? The sum of their parts is greater than the end. And that, that is the most da- that is the most dangerous. Of- I'm not saying the Giants are the most dangerous team, but a team whose sum is better than the individual is extremely dangerous. And that's why the Indians are so good in 16. Well, this reminds me of the Royals. Yes. In the 14 and 15. I agree with you. That was a team that was very resilient. Yes. And found ways to win. It had an amazing bullpen Mm -hmm. that shut everybody down. Once they got the re, they cut it down to a, to a really a seven inning ball game. And they were talking about that a couple of days ago. Uh, the Indians Royals broadcast when they had Hoshe and Davis and Holland. I mean, even through uh, still. Yeah, they may. Have, yeah, they've had. Let's just put it this way: that bullpen oh. was a number one, and then you had starting staff that was just solid. Yeah, and you had an offense that was resilient. Yes, that always found a way to make runs late in the ball game. Yep. Yeah, and and just got on base. They did. remember the air the A's made in the wild. When they were up two or three runs, and the and the Avalanche just took, the A's just could not well, stop it. Well, you go back to what they did in the World Series. Yep, how many comebacks they had and yep. all that. It was just it just it was really the like result. the '90s Indy. Well, a little different built, but yeah, look, but, but, but having built, that, but, the, but having resiliency yeah. to make yes. late late ending comebacks mm-hmm. and and be down to one strike or one yep. out last out in, yep. in a game. And make and it was everybody here. too one through nine. It wasn't yeah. just well. That's what it takes. Yeah, you. I mean, it takes a lot of. I hate to say it. It takes a lot of good fortune. Yeah, to, oh, it does. to it, win it, a championship. It does, and you, it's just you like, have to be lucky. You do. You have to be. You have to be optimistic. Yep. Just like I like to say, you have to take advantage of opportunities. Yep. Um, Rajay Davis hitting that yep. two run dinger to tie the game up. I mean, no one's seen that no. coming. And then. Kipnis hitting that fly ball down. Every, that Tim, I, everybody he, thought it had a chance, it and, it was, and it was and it was a hundred feet short. It was it was a yeah. hundred feet to the yeah. you know foul, and but everybody when he swung and hit it was thinking the exact same thing. It's over. Yeah, well, this, could this actually be happening? And you know, and it just meant to be. But or the rain, you could talk about yeah, all the different. Yeah. yeah, but my point is, you definitely need things to fall your way at times and make make something special and you know 
you get over it as time goes by, disappointments, mm-hmm. and you move on, and you have new teams. Uh, I look at the baseball playoffs this year, and tomorrow she a lot of fun. Oh yeah, with you know the two wild card yeah. games. I'm, I'm was rooting for chaos. I was too. I think I we all too. were. Yeah. I think we all were. And quite honest with you, it's like I see many baseball fans who are not New York or Boston yep. fans were tired of them. Yeah. Even though. Who'd- even though Houston's still in the playoffs, even though, you know. Yep. You got Who do this... you see in the AL? Um, There's three teams that I could pick. Yeah, well, you know, I hate saying this. I don't. Uh, I, I'm rooting for the Rays. I am too. I, Houston is the team to pay attention to. I agree with that. And I think it's going to be chalk all the way through. I don't. I, I, well, think I the, just feel that the Sox are going to fail. That Sox or White Sox? White. I do too. I uh, that pitching staff is banged up, and I don't trust it. Last time, all right. I, don't I expect it. the Yankees to win tomorrow. I do too. I do too. And that now that tells you to bet on Boston. Boston. <laughs> but are Boston you're going to beat the Rays in the ALD? I don't think it was going to be Rays. I, I agree. Ray, I think I the Rays are just 100%. Just, playing, just playing phenomenal baseball, and they all the way around. All the way around. All the way around. Exactly. All the way around. Quite honest with you, if I had to take one manager in the baseball playoffs yep. in the American League right now, it's, it's Kevin, Kevin Cash. Cash. He's phenomenal. Well, he's been raised the right way yep. as a person yeah. through baseball. And, you know, he's he's one so of the most got... adaptive people I've yes. met, or I should say we've watched. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he is perfect. He is in the same mode as uh, the Cubs and the Angels. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe Madden. Joe Madden. Yes. He's very, very uniquely yes, he is. qualified he is. for that You're right. for that job. Bo- that, for that job, job. in Tampa yes. Bay. Exactly. In Tampa Bay. Because if you put like Aaron Boone in Tampa or Yes. Uh Dave Roberts or yes. somebody. I don't even think Terry Francona could do it. They're gonna win, but they're not gonna win like this. Right. I saw a stat a couple days ago. I went up here because I thought it it just summed up why they're so I don't have the race triple-a team won the championship the double-a team lost in the last game by one run for blowing lead to Akron high single-a they won it all low single-a they won it all well and that is just showing the strength they've had in his organization well it does tell you that they're they are finding players and they're putting them in positions to see I'm not going to disagree with you that however job at the minor league level is prepare a player for the next level. Mm-hmm. It is not necessarily to win. No, no. Now, winning is a byproduct of playing good De- baseball. And developing, yes. Just playing good yeah. baseball. And I think that's what you're... I, I'm i not saying you don't want to win a championship at no, any yeah. level. Of course you, you do. do. Yeah, you do. Of course that, you that, do. That, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing game. with you. I'm not... I'm just saying... What's most important is developing the player yeah. and taking them to the next level, whatever that level is. If it's single A to double A, yep. double A to triple A, triple A to major league, that's what it's all about. About you know that's the most important job of the Myers. Now, one of the side bonuses are is you can show the development through t- trophies that the organization can achieve. And I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all. And I think that's important. I think when you get down to it, what's important is development of players and. They are very good at identifying the players that they believe fit them yep. correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Indians are really good at pitching and developing pitchers. They haven't been as successful as developing everyday Offense. players. Just everyday players. When's the last everyday player to come through the Indians organization? Lindor? 
I mean, that's yeah. no, you're right. And, and that's Jason Kipnis, those three seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, that, I'm talking yeah. about everyday yeah. players. Yeah. That's... Now the Indians have traded for players like Reyes and yeah. others. Don't get me wrong. Important Naylor. Yeah. Yes. There's there's players that they may have. Yes. As, and there's a lot of ways to build a team. But I mean, you're right. Is Bradley? We don't know yet. I no, think we they, don't. We don't know. And they he, don't know either. I don't think. No. Um, obviously, all the outfielders we have no real belief, yes or no, on. I Except guess Zimber. Miles Straw. Well, again, he was traded but, but, for. It. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm talking about came through the system. Like, for example, Zimmer has shown life here in the second half. Yes, he has. That he could be potentially, potentially in every. Yes. And the Indians believed he could, could be, be yes. back in 2017 when he first arrived. So, because of injuries and yep. setbacks, mm-hmm. it's taken yep. long to develop. Is he now getting back to that level again? Could be, yeah. There's a question mark. Yes. It's, it's possible. But they haven't developed everyday players mm-hmm. in the last six, seven, where you say, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy. Yep, you're right. And that's where, even though they've developed the pitchers, both yes. in the ben- bullpen and, and in the rotation, the rotation, and they have done a terrific job, and they're a pitching factory. Yes. And give them credit where credit is due. And baseball is about pitching. And Especially this time of year. Well, just it's first and foremost, if you have pitching, you're in any game. The reason why the Indians won 80 games is just because they had pitching. Even though when they, they lost did, the whole rotation. Exactly. Yeah. So they developed three young pitchers this year. And we've seen the development, you know, of Eli Morgan. Yep. You've seen the development of, you know, a couple other players along the way. Cal Quantrill had the best year right, in the second half. Right. Yeah. My point is, but more like Eli Morgan is more my interesting yes. thing because he's through the system. Yep, Quantrill traded for, worked with, yes. and within exactly with right. the Indians. Don't get me at the major league level, You're very exactly important. Right. And they, you know, he was excited when he got traded here for this reason alone because of their track record. My 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 point is those homegrown players. Yes, where the Rays are traditionally either they identify a player and trade for them. Yep. Or beat this homegrown. Mm-hmm. And the Indians basically have the same philosophy, except the Rays have been more successful at a everyday positions. Whole 25 player yep, you're right. team. And that, I think that's the difference. And uh, Oakland's the same way. Yeah, they are. Look, it doesn't matter how you acquire the player, if it's through the draft or if it's, right, or free if agency, it's yeah. international free agency mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Okay. Um, like Jose Ramirez came yeah. through international. international yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of ways to identify players and and bring them into yours. But in the last six, seven years, the biggest disappointment is today yep, players exactly right. have not been developed. You're exactly and right. They, they have peaked at a tweener. Yeah. A guy who is either a part-time player or as a, uh, a guy who could go back and forth between play and major yeah. league. So, or they peaked somewhere else. Right. Well, then that, that happens. Aguilar yeah. once. And, but yeah, I mean, Aguilar had one really big season. He's had a couple decent seasons. And, he was know. better in Milwaukee, yeah. yeah. Once he went to Miami. Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying he had one peak season. And then, mm-hmm. see. I know Bradley, we don't know. No, we don't Zimmer, know. Zimmer, we don't know. Um, well, there's I still never other thought players. I'd say this, too. And I'm sure you can go back to our podcast and, and probably even I rode this guy. I wanted him so far out of Cleveland, so far away from the station. I didn't even want to hear Mahoning Valley. And the Indians aren't even associated with Mahoning Valley anymore. But the last month since he's caught up, I believe, life. And they so many stats more. 
By the way, we should put big 80-foot Indian sign here, Tim. <laughs> you think your neighbors would like that? You'd have to yeah, what the hell. They have to they, do... You'd get a summons in the mail for it. Uh, Yu Chang has swung a really swung a really nice bat here. And his defense improved, too. Well, His defense improved, too. The last... Since August 13th, I believe, when he was called up, he had shown that stroke to right center, right field. He's standing the baseball nicely, and I never thought I'd say that, but he was brutal. He was absolutely brutal to watch beginning of the year. Um, just one of the guys that I'll eat my crow on to an extent because he showed me something the last couple. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we talked about this before about Yu Chang. It's his first full season in the Major mm-hmm. League. There's always adjustments for most players. It takes time to... Well, what did Jang hit? 2-4? Yeah, I think his, but his second half numbers were a lot better. Yeah. And he started seeing that, that power. He started getting comfortable. Yes, yeah, you're right. In his swing. And look, every player has a role on it. His role was to be a backup infielder and play first. Yeah. And and it was an adjustment because he was playing yeah. first base for the, the first, first time, time in yeah. his life. You know, like this. Mm-hmm. Took time and sure pressure and, and yeah. uh, you know, it. It takes time to get comfortable at the major. And it's the same thing. Yeah. You, look at it, you look at what he did the last six too. weeks of the season. I'll agree with you, too. A much better player yeah. than he was the, the first two months of the season. Even his first two weeks, he was called up again the second time. He was brutal. Right. And again, it just takes time. Yeah. No one graduates major league level do you, unless you're a superstar and have do you success right away. they have their second baseman in the organization, right? I think what you do is you just mix and match. No, I think what you didn't see what's available, available. and then and you go who, from there. Like, for example, you just don't know what's going to be available market. You don't know what players you have that another player mm-hmm. team really wants. Yeah, right. Do and, you think and about you, trading a starting pitcher you have, or you? Hold well, that I, on? I think you. I think you just have to wait, wait and see what transpires. I mean, you can't predict this. Wish you could say, oh, I'm going to trade that. Yeah. Well, you know what? They may have no interest yeah. in those players. You may think it's a great offer. That's great. Yeah. But that team had no desire to have a another shortstop nope. in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Uh, maybe it's a free agent second base, but you go after. Yeah. I can't. Don't you know, know we yeah. don't. We just don't know until it develops. Mm-hmm. And the only way, we just don't have that inside information. Yeah. Or it's the, the Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, that will be next year. So It's going to take me. Yeah, it's going to take yeah. everybody forever. You know, I listened to the last uh, couple innings uh, Sunday and a little nostalgic from uh, Hammy. Not was a it? lot. Not a lot. I mean, he was struck. Underwood's more, more Underwood, yeah, than, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he talked about it. And it, bottom line is we talked this has been talked about for the last two years, or last year yeah. and a half. It's here. Yeah, it's here. You have two choices in life. You either accept what's going on, or you live in the past. Exactly. Many people choose the latter. No matter what the scenario, live in the There's past. They want, you know, they live in the glory days. Yeah. And that's what it, whatever that glory day may be for whatever belief they have. Yeah. That's just many people do it. You know, and that's what makes that... You know, go back to Bruce Spring, you know. Glory, and, yeah. Yeah, glory days. Well, pass you by. Yeah. I mean, that's just the truth. You can live in your glory days or you can live in the presence. But, but you can enjoy your glory days, you know. Yeah, you, you, you can it. You can absolutely enjoy the moment of thinking back or remembering back or that ecstatic feeling that you have. Yeah. You know, I will never forget coming back 3-1 to one and winning the, world, winning the NBA champion for the Cavaliers. One of the greatest sports moments of my life was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was five years ago. I'm not living off of that for the You're next 50 it, though, years. Yeah. 
do I like bringing it up once in a while? Do I still remember it? I, you know, of course. I see certain players mm-hmm. either interviewed or talked about or mm-hmm. mentioned. You, you get a smile yeah, on your face. Yeah, brings up memories, yeah. Same thing with the YSU Penguins from the 90s. Of yeah. course I remember that. And of course it, it was, you know, those were fun. Yes, I don't live were. in the past. Though. What happened in 1997 has no bearing no. on 2021. No, it does not. You know? As much as losing the World Series and extra innings in 1997 broke my heart and did again in, in 2016, 2016 yeah. doesn't take the fact away of what those teams keep with the players that were on it and how much they meant as a sports fan. Obviously, championship being won is what it's Absolutely. all about, and that's why you enjoy it. But I'll say this: I, you, I don't live. I maybe it's because of my broadcast background, mm-hmm. and, and I say this sincerely. I don't remember everything more. No. I used to have a really sharp memory mm-hmm. about what game and what yep. transpired and all that. I've gone on to the next game yeah. so much in my life that I don't remember everything. I remember the highlights. Yeah. I remember some of the, the important, you know, someone maybe talk about, oh, yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. remember this. And I can remember the game. Yeah. But if you ask me to just talk about the game, I don't necessarily always remember it, even if it was last week, mm-hmm. uh, just because move yeah. on. And you can't live on what if and what happened. Be willing to accept what transpired and what hopefully will happen in the future. And as for the name change, knew it was coming. I still have that same feeling about the Guardians as I did when we first mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, it's... it's okay. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not against it. It is a nickname. We move exactly. on. Exactly. And I think that's where, you know, and look... You're right. You, you can either stay in the past anything in life, or you can adapt with change. And I read a comment a couple of days ago, Tim. This person said, they're done. Never watching the yes. Cleveland baseball team again. I think you said the same one. I've seen many people yes, say this. That they're done. It's not the same. The right. history is all gone. And look, that history is always going to be there. You're right. Next year, on March 31st, at, I'm assuming 410 when the first pitch is thrown out by Shane B. I think it's, you know, the most obvious, yeah. you know, who's going to, but Tito did say that maybe we need to take, anyways, it, but next year, 410 against Kansas City on opening day, which is 176 away, by the way, <laughs> I, I'm already counting down. Um, it's not erasing Rajay Davis's home. Right. It's not erasing no. uh, Tony Fernandez's home run at Baltimore to come back. It's not erasing uh, Kenny Lofton in 95, dashing home from to, score, second base, to exactly. score from second base against Randy Johnson to win that game in the kingdom. That's staying there. That's staying there. And Matt Elmer brought up a good point yesterday is two players, um, Napla Joy and I can't remember. But that, then, Yeah, they never played they for never the Indians. They never played for the Indians. But people associate, with associate them with Cleveland. Right. And at the end of the day, Tim, they're still going to be Cleveland. Oh, sure. And I'm, that's the team that we love. Well, that's the team that you're going to turn on the radio. Again, I'm I'm gonna, gonna, I, I, I'm, you're 100% correct. I'm not mean to cut you off. Uh, but I was just going to make, if you're of age, mean, if you're 35 mm-hmm. years old, you'll never forget 1995. No, no, no. no. When Art Modell was, took mm-hmm. the Browns away. And even went dark for football for three. You'll never forget at... If you were 12 years old, mm-hmm. if you're 25, mm-hmm. if you're 55, yeah. you'll never, never forget, forget that, yeah. that. Fortunate scenarios and how the city and the mm-hmm. team and Allied got 
the back, football yeah. team back. Now, we could talk about that. There's a podcast that Andre Knott's doing yes. all about that. It's phenomenal. All the information he's talking about I already knew, but it's great to revisit. It it is great to revisit it, and it's great to see, you know, Mm -hmm. the story of the Browns on a podcast. They do a fantastic job, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, Brownstown, get Mm -hmm. it. It's 15, 20 minutes every episode. It's fun. And, you know, like I said, 99% of the information there, I already knew. knew, Yeah. But that's not the point. It does tell the story. Of the Cleveland Browns to a, you know from a certain time, you know from his vantage yes. point or from that age vantage, vantage point, point to now, yeah. If you're 20 years old, you never knew the Browns before the expansion. Yeah, no, team. You're right. If you're 21 years old, you do not know that. Mm-mm. You only knew the suffering of an expansion yep. team and the mismanagement of the Browns. If you're older, you have memories from. Yep. You know, I have memories from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. All right. If you were born in 1995, you don't have that. And it's the same thing with the Indian. When you talk to the old timers, and I say old timers, yeah. people older than me, they're the next generation above me. Yeah. You know, who are, you know, 70 years old or 75 mm-hmm. years old, yeah. who are baseball yeah. fans. Yeah. You know, they're talking about the 50s and yeah. the 60s. Uh-huh. Okay. Those players, I don't know. I know the names exactly. and I know what they you know, were. Exactly. I don't know them. The Indians, to me, you know, if I had to put a date on the Indians, it's about 1974, 75. When uh, Frank Robinson became the manager, that's really where yeah. my memories go back to. I mean, and they I, were brutal, and I could, I remember the Indians before, but I didn't know the. Yeah. I didn't follow them you on a thought, daily yeah. basis. But that's when I became a baseball mm-hmm. fan. But in 1975, I was eight years old. Okay, it tells you, you know, it all depends on the generation you were mm-hmm. born in. You don't like, for example, if. If you're 21 years old and you're a baseball fan or a Cleveland yeah. baseball team fan or a Guardian fan, however you want to put it today, well, you know more winning than losing. Yeah, you do. You well, don't have any concept. You you may have small memories of the early 2000s where they were not a very good baseball team. They rebuilt. And then when, when Shapiro rebuilt yep. them. And he did a great job. And then he Antonetti, did a great job in Toronto. And, and Antonetti has taken it to yes. another level since he took it mm-hmm. over. And I'm not, you know, my point is that you're living, I'd say the golden age, but you're living in a really Good, great time exactly. to exactly. Be, an in, uh, be a Cleveland baseball team fan because you have a team that competes yep. every year. Well, I'm 30. When I was 14 years old, when we finished 81 and 81, that was a huge deal. Yeah. Because all I was thinking is, if you give me nine more wins next year, I got a chance to compete for it. You know? Yep. And this is when you had to win a division. To yeah, make that's the right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And I was thinking, you give me 90 wins, I'm going to be competing. Mm-hmm. Of course, it never happened. But that's where... Well, this is what, this is the difference in, in, in time period and understanding things. Things have changed. Things have changed completely. Baseball's totally different today than it was mm-hmm. then. It was totally different than it was in the 60s. It was totally different than it was in the 50s. And yes, it's the same game, but the system and how everything has changed. So you have to adapt. The name has changed. The memories still re- remain the same. Yep, exactly. The fandom is still remain the same. Mine's still the same. It's just, you know, marketing will, will be the key to, the, yeah. to this new name. If they market it, and get pe- people, get the information out to people exactly. for a reasonable price and reasonable way that attracts people, they will do it. Look, now, if you want to say the new new logo sucks, well, I, I can't disagree with you. It's a baseball with a G on it, with wings. I agree. It's 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 amateur. It's, it's amateurish. You know, it's not very, uh, it's not, 
it's it's it's, it's boring. You know, uh, Chief Wahoo is a much better logo. Yes. Than that. Uh, yeah, why they didn't use the bridge? I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get the rights to that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that would have been a much more interesting. And maybe in a couple logo. years when. Right. You know. Yeah. But this was kind of rushed. Yeah. There's no, qu- you know, and these are questions I can't answer. Questions I think we all have. But I'll, I'll say this again: if they go out and win 99 games and win the division That's next right. year, everyone's going to talk about the Guardians. Nobody next year, Tim. Sitting here, October 4th, 22 next year, and we're getting ready for a playoff game, game one of the AL. Nobody's going to care with us. No, could be a great part of the story, but yeah, exactly, no one's gonna... exactly. And it, you know, my anticipation for next year obviously has not dwindled with an age. I'm counting down. It's 177. I can't wait for spring training. Wait for March 31st again. I sat there yesterday. That was a quick game, by the way, yesterday. It was uh, 545. It was, or, no, 545 games. Yeah. Well, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, man. It's amazing I've how. i got 176 days. What the hell am I going to watch on TV? <laughs> like, what am I going to watch? It's amazing how fast games go the last oh, two weeks of the kidding. season because you're out of it. Yeah. It, both te- when both teams are out, games go fast. Yep. Very yes, seldom they're a three-hour game. Yeah, they It's do. amazing how that works. Yeah, but do. it has been that way. Uh, from forever, no matter what teams you know you're talking what, about. But if this was a game where, let's just say, the Rangers and the Indians were competing oh, for a, a playoff, it game. would have been three and a half yeah. hours. It's just yeah. the way it works. But, uh. you know, <laughs> the first time in this not having a winning, that's pretty damn impressive. And that included a nine-game losing your whole entire outfit and your whole entire starting rotation, and your closer at the beginning of the year you counted on in Karen Chak non-existent the last two months. So, well, you know, it's... It's a combination of everything. Yes, it's as records go, you can say f- where they finished and how, you know, behind what, 13 Dying games behind the, uh, the Sox or yeah. whatever. It don't matter. But my point is, it statistically looks impressive to a certain Statistically, looks yeah, it's bad. still a losing record. Yeah, it, it's insignificant. Yeah, really. I said this about the NFL for many years. There's very little difference between a nine and seven team and a seven, seven and nine team. team. There's very little difference between an 81, an 80, and an 80, you know, an 80 and 82, or 81 and 82, yeah. you know, whatever number yeah. it is, 81 and 81. You go up to 85 win. There's very little difference. The difference is you won a few close games. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. You didn't blow a game in the ninth inning where you had to leave, or you made a comeback, yeah. or you were able to close it out. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You could probably go back, find 20 games this year where the legitimately had a chance to win in the eighth inning and did not. Well, I was at 10 of them. They, they had a three-run leader more in the eighth inning? From the sixth inning on. Okay. Sixth inning but, so, yeah. but there but, was but yeah. five or six that you're up right. multiple you runs. Could, yeah. You get to the last exactly. two innings. Yeah. You get to the last two innings, eighth and ninth, and have a chance. And that's where the good, yeah. Right. You're right. You're going to either, A, blow the lead, blow a tie game, or win it. Well, okay? hey, considering uh, I went 24 games this year, I was 13 and 11, 11 loss. Not many were blowout loss. Only were really butt kicking. So it it was nice to get seven, eight innings. Hey, we're we're in this thing. So now do you go to your current ticket package and there's and after the first quarter it's next week. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. I know you don't want to. Deep no, down. we have to. But uh, I where do you begin? I think that's a great question. And Penguins. Uh, let me say this first. Go ahead. Because I've had a lot of people come at me with that, and I respect their opinion. You know, I agree with some. I, I disagree. Bo Pliny was not a great coach, awful coach. 
he's kind of in between. You know, have your opinions on what you think about his intense, you know, his style. Yes. This right now, and I was the one who said, you know what, it was time for a change in Buffalo. I, I was okay with him going there. This right now, that's what the recruiting restrictions. This is not on Bo Plenty at all. This is not on his staff. This is not on Bo Plenty at all. And I don't want anybody to now in the spring. Yeah, it, you know we didn't have the talent there. We didn't have. This is not on Bo Plenty. This is a failure at the highest level. This is a failure at the highest level, at the administrative level, outside of the FRM. And it pains me to say that because I love this man for what he's done for university. This is a failure, and it's a sign of incompetence. It's a sign that you and I have talked about for how long we've known each other, five or six years. Yeah. Unless you are in that click, you are not getting it. Yes. And it's been that way for years. This is a gross failure of incompetence from everybody in that football program. Not one person is qualified to be at Youngstown. Not one. I will say this. I'm not going to make an argument against mm-hmm. that at all. Um, had his name in a lot. Um, he was a former AD at YSU. Bill... Uh, Arduzzi? No, no. Oh, um... I was going to say Davis, but it's not Davis. Before Strollo. Yes. No, well, before Trestle. Well, during Trestle. Yes. yes. Before um, Trestle took yeah, over. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was the last AD who had vision for this program, for all the programs. He had vision for the football program. He had, he's, yes. he's the one who put people in the stands again, in a sense, for uh, finding Jim Trestle. Yeah. Finding, you know, trying to build a basketball program, though it failed during his time period. He had a small was run. Was it Joe Malmeser? Malmeser. That's yeah. it. Joe Malmeser. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm terrible at name. But he may have been the last AD. Who had yeah. visions for YSU? And I'm like, big visions. Well, recognized talent. Yep. And tried yep. to. Now, it was also part of the basketball failure after yes. Rice got fired. And so, I mean, he has to take some of that blame. But needless to say, every time the basketball program gets straightened out, usually what happens is that coach leaves. Yeah. So, who knows if that's going to happen in the future here or not? Yeah. But that's a different story. To go on to what you're saying. For the football program, ever since Jim Trestle left as the head coach, the program has been on a steady. It did have a rise during the Pelini yep. years, early years. Yes, he inherited some of the players. Yes, he brought in his own players. They were. It was his I'll team. I'll say this too. It was his team that got to the finals. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was his team that challenged him for playoff spots. It was his team that failed a couple times. You said you can talk about the personality, you can talk about the style, you can talk about anything. Was he successful here? Yes. Was he ultimate successful here? Well, you can debate that. You can say how how successful is successful. Mm-hmm. I will say this: if he was still the coach at YSU this last two seasons, we wouldn't be experiencing what we're experiencing now. I agree with him. And that's, and I that's was, my only. And I was the complete opposite of belief coming into the spring season. Like I said before. I really want to give you want to I want I, I want to give him a chance no, no, to fail. No, 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 no. And succeed. But last week was such an embarrassment to go to the Union Dome and get completely shellacked. Shellacked. Not even in the ball game from the first play on. No, you were done after the first. Yeah. Just completely shellacked. And I'm not surprised by that. By no, the way. I'm not neither. I hate saying it. 
because you see the writing on the wall. Here's the thing. This coaching staff is unable to make any in-game adjustments. And I don't know if that's a combination. Now, I'm going to give a, a small out. Okay. And the small out is this. And I don't know if it is Phillips unable to find quality assistance or B, the university's not supporting the mm-hmm. program enough to bring in quality Now, that's a good question because Trussell had that same problem at times. Yeah. But he also was able to bring in a lot of coaches that we never thought would be at YSU, even for a short period of time, and then move on. And maybe it was just a gap for that coach. Yeah, Yeah, there's many of them. But my point is, and he developed some of them, too. But look at Mike Prefer from the Browns right now. Right. My whole point is just that. You have to have the ability. Now, the only problem I have with YSU going forward, if this season falls apart like it probably hate being that, but it probably oh, you're will. you're being optimistic compared to me, but go ahead, I'll finish. Well, you get the rest of this in the play. So if it falls apart as bad as I expect, mm-hmm. here's the problem, YSU. still has two more years on his contract. Yeah. YSU cannot buy him out. Nope. They don't have the, the facilities to do, to pay him off and bring nope. another. I don't think he has the wear enough to say to the I'm university – I'm leaving. Mm. You don't have to pay me. I will move on, and you can start over. Mm. I don't think he has that ability. Or will some donors step up and pay off part mm. of his salary for it? I don't know. No. Um, I just uh, – I was worried about this hiring from the very beginning. Yep. Because I just thought it was a, a big, big jump. Um, sometimes that works. Jim Trussell was a yeah. big jump. Jim Trussell was a huge jump. He was a quarterback coach. But – Boy, I tell you what, he was impressive that he talked to everybody. And Jim Tressel is a great communicator. And he has become just that as a president of the university. He's done a phenomenal job. Let's Jim Tressel can sell me right now that it's snowing outside, and I'd believe him. Yeah, well, my point is the man is very good at what he, yes. he's achieved. Wanted to achieve, he has been very successful yes. at. The problem is that everyone believes you have to get from the same. Yep. And... The one time we did not go through that tree was Bo Pelini. We had more success with Bo Pelini than we did with this tree. Um, yes and no. We had, Would you say Haycock was successful? Um, Haycock's first from 2001, 2007, yes. Because, mind you, in 01. In 02. Yeah. 02 is below 500, but 01, 05, and 07 won at least seven games and in two of those years won eight and in 05 and 07 or 05 he won a share of, of the gateway conference sorry. got passed over because they lost in Northern Iowa that year yeah. um, and mind you 2001 they didn't get in the playoffs because they lost to Marshall a top 25 Marshall team and Byron Leftwich last minute yeah why should we lead I that know. game yeah. and, um, you know well, let me say this I would say this too. Haycock had an up and down career issue. If the last the last three years of his career was really down, and there's rumors that he wanted to adjust and go to a spread, and the higher ups were kind of no, no. We don't know. We can't say yes or no to that. I don't know. Um, recruiter was Eric Wolford. Offensive line yeah. and quarterback play and everything. Wolford was there. Defensively, my question to you is: Was that Montgomery doing? Well. I'll say this because Think about this. I was Think not a Shane this. Montgomery fan right. until he left and Brian Chris took over. And it's not a shot at Brian Chris because he's a, he, what he is a qualified division one at this level coach. But 
I've changed my tune, Montgomery. Well, he, I think a lot of he's people a hell of, have. He's a hell of an offensive mind. Wolford knew where to go get the offensive lineman. Well, I'll give this. And we have an Wolford off- put a decent coaching staff together. Yes. He did. His Except for the defensive side of the ball. Exactly. Except for the defensive and side of the ball. And that's what killed him. Yes. The defense let him down. Or he probably... But, no, the defense let him down. That's what it was a downfall yes. of his. Yes. His coaching oh, stand yeah. at Youngstown 100%. State was the defense. Because... His quote that everyone will all remember is, we didn't score enough points. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and Six that was the problem. Three, yeah. yeah, that was the problem yeah. with him is that he, he, he didn't want to stop anybody. All right. Now, when Wolford left, you got Pelini, and Pelini kept part of that staff. Yeah, he did. And he molded into his own staff what he was available to. And up and down. But for the most part, a very successful. 15, if they beat Illinois State, they lost that game by two. And if they don't have a complete meltdown in the fourth quarter against North Dakota State with a 10-point lead, they win that game. They go to the playoffs and blow points. Well, let me, say, let me say this. Bo Pelini's career at Youngstown State was similar to what he had in Nebraska. There were games that he could have won, yep, that he should have won, won, that he lost. And there were games where he shouldn't have won, that he won. Exactly. Yeah. Very similar. I mean, say whatever you want. I think his coaching career between those two schools – very much similar results. And and from 2011 to 2017, you can look back at one or teams. The biggest problem he had, in my opinion, is Montgomery left. Yep, and he did not have uh, uh, Brian Chris was not Lysom. That's the hardest part when you're at this level is are, can you, do you have the budget to replace somebody? Mm-hmm. I mean, Shane Montgomery was here, what, seven years? From Wolford first. So, so from 2010 so to 2017. Yeah. 18, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was at least seven seasons. It might have been eight. Yeah, seven seasons, eight seasons first, first year. Yeah. Well, here's, you know, obviously that they were paying him a decent level during that time. And then finally, offer came and it was, was just yeah. too good to take. You have to take it. I don't blame anybody. Just like Pelini. You could stay at Youngstown State, yeah, be a head LSU, coach making yeah. $250,000. You could sign a three-year contract that's going to pay you $5 million. Yep. You know? That was a pretty easy decision on that level. And uh, do the things you have to, you know. Um, and now brings me to this. When you look at Phillips' coaching staff, not a lot of experience at this level. No, we have a bunch of Division two, Division three guys. Again, quality matters. Quality over quality. Quality matters. Yep. Uh-huh. Quality matters. I'm not sure where you come from as much as quality. But it will say this. Experience matters. Yes. What Wilford yep. did. Is he brought an experienced yes, people yes, on an he offense? Did. He did not because have it. He did not have it on the defensive side tonight. What hurt? Remember, and what was Bo? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We go one more step yep. further. What was the difference between Bo and Wolford? Well, Bo's a defensive guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, now you could say the defense had its up and downs at Youngstown, and it's had in his yeah, career. From 18 on, it was kind of well. Even yeah. his his career has been up and down as a mm-hmm. defensive coordinator and a defensive coach. I mean, there were times where LSU was great, and there were times, where, yeah. you know, he was a linebacker coach yeah. in the NFL, this and that. You could talk about the different levels of Pelini, you know, success and mm-hmm. disappointments. But he was a defensive coach who then had gave Montgomery yes. and that all these the, the ability yeah. to do their jobs. When Montgomery left, he now had to replace that guy, and he couldn't replace him at the same level. And that's Shame. when. That's when a head coach has to put more yes. emphasis or time yep. on other parts of the, of not, the game. But you got comfortable with it, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. 
I wouldn't say comfortable, but it takes you away from what you do best. And I'll even say this, you know, too. If you concentrate, let's say, 65% on the defense, mm-hmm. because that's your specialty, and this and that. You're working with the defensive coordinator. Yep. You're working with the defense. You're working with the offensive scheme, too, but you trust them to well, come up. And you're working with them, but you're paying this. Now, switch it around. You're the head coach. You're a defensive guy, but you have a new offensive coach, new offensive mm-hmm. line man, you know, all this. You're spending time there. And less time here. What, and I think that's the hardest thing, especially at a smaller school, because you don't have the experience to bring in. What they, Matter of fact, you can even say Ryan Day's gone through this. Yes, he has. With the defense, with with Coombs. You know, that's why, why some of the things happen. Who's now taking over to play calling? A former head coach. Yep. Yep. And now, yes. see what I'm talking about experience? Uh-huh. And this is where I think YSU right now is in failed system. Because they don't have anybody with experience nope. at head coach or as an assistant to help him along. At least Pelini had quality yes. people around him. Wolford had some great guys around him. Trestle always had good buys on both sides of the ball, even in special teams. Haycock had it. But yeah. that's the difference between this program and the heydays in the 90s. And the little blimps of success they've had since. You look at the quality of the of the instance in the program that they You're built. Right. This team, as student town, will never be successful under the current leader. You're 100% right. And to get back to the Northern Iowa game, in the beginning of the year, we were calling a midterm exam to see where we're at. I don't like Northern Iowa. I never. I don't care for them. This is their best team they've had. They're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, we talk about adjustments. Mark Change. Farley made the decision after Change quarterback. the second game where, mind you, they took Iowa State, and they should have beat Iowa State, who was at the time ranked ninth in the country. They they beat them for three quarters, and, just, you know, we're out of gas. I only lost Team 10. They won their second game. And after the second game, he benched his four-year starter and put in now Theo Day, who's a much more polished quarterback and much more passer. And their defense day. has always been solid. Their offense line has always been solid. Now they've got a downfield game. Well, they're just a more complete team. Yeah. They're a more complete team. And they embarrassed one Saturday set. And we'll, I'll be interested to see how he rebounds, how his team reacts to what Here, has happened. We'll just wait and see. That's an unanswered question. We can predict, but we don't know I until think it happens. I think it's already been answered. And I'll go to this, too. And I don't want to talk about this, but it needs brought up. Yeah, Western Illinois game. Western Illinois, that season tickets for, was the worst I have ever witnessed. Yeah, well, when you're up 35-7, there's no... I don't even care if you're up 15-7. to seven. Yeah. You have 15 yards passing in a second half against the worst secondary in the conference against the team all week long. You are saying, we know they're going to load the box. We have to stretch the ball downfield. We have to throw the ball downfield. We have game adjustments were never made. And after... And after Crenshaw threw the pick, and yes, it was a bad throw, but when you got nobody blocking for you because the offensive line is an absolute sieve, and you, me, your mother, and your brother could do a better job, you got no time to throw. Your passing tree is, we have no idea. Where's Jaleel at? It's After that, he quit throwing the ball. He quit. You and know, what's mind-boggling to me is, at halftime, Crenshaw had 103 yards rushing the ball because we were killing him with the zone read. Crenshaw was operating that beautifully. Not perfectly, but beautifully. For his third start as a, as a college football player, he was, I mean, he, he knew when to keep, knew when to hand it off. He knew when to throw the ball to. We had quick, 
on-time throws. That's why he was 10 of 16 first half for, you know, not great, 61 yards. But when you're running the ball for 260 yards in the first half, you don't need to throw the ball much. And then no. after that, it's rushing. We didn't go back to it. Now, yes, the loss of Christian Turner, but who's 35-7? Just look completely clueless. I mean, you were clueless, and I'm okay. I'm okay with the fourth down and one call to go for. I'm okay with that. Because remember in the spring we were saying he's fair catching everything. He's punting on fourth and one. You're right. Because we weren't going to stop him if they're at our 20-yard line or if they're at their own one-yard line. We weren't stopping them. I never get upset when you make a correct decision. The only problem I have, do you make the correct call to give your team the best opportunity? I like that play call. Because when the game is on the line, you have to get the ball in your best player's hands, right? That's what I'm going to say. And your best player, we all know, and everybody knows, is Julio McLaughlin. It was a, it, it was a play. He scored a 35-yard touchdown on that Phillips is still standing there going, well, maybe he shouldn't have scored bullshit. As you always say, you take the touchdown when you get the touchdown, and it's on your defense to man up and get a stop with them or not. So don't tell me, well, maybe he shouldn't have scored. No, I'm sorry. I'm never going to tell number eight to pass it's up a touchdown. It's a cop-out anytime you say you well, score too soon. That's just my opinion. I've you said have this for fourth years. and one. You're on a play that you were killing them on the whole game. That's on your offline. Yeah. That's on beat. your buddy. Got... On your buddy that you retained and his crony son that have no qualifications to be there. Well, you got beat. You got manhandled in a time because yeah. why is you up until that play was showing signs of moving the ball, taking time off the clock. They still had timeouts. By the way, he didn't. He he went to the locker room with timeouts, which I will never understand. Never understand. Yeah. Um, up until that play, we were moving it, and McFadden's been. I mean, just get me to the thirty, the thirty thirty three yard line, and I'm gonna go trust McFadden because this year he's been clutch. Uh, again, not disagreeing at all. No problem going forth. No, no problem with the play. Nope. Execution was bad. Terrible. Terrible. Question is. Did you rebound after that? No. No. That's the problem. But, See, that's, here's that's the, the hardest thing. That worries thing. Me, though. Here's the hardest thing is when you have failure in game, you have to rebound well, immediately. And I'm not sure this team can me. do that. Last year, you and I, I think we both agreed, they had went over South Dakota. They were coming back the next week. We stood here. We sat here and we said, pack Stanbaugh as much as we can, as social distance as we can. For North Dakota, we're feeling good after blowing out South Dakota. And then that game got canceled late Thursday. No game that week. So now we're off. We go on the road to Western Northern and completely collect two special teams touchdowns. We blow a 10, 14 point. I think it was 19 point. No, I think it was a little smaller. But still, it, we blew a double-digit lead yeah. in the second half um, to a, a bad team. Um, and again, this year, had a bye week after Michigan State. You can say what you want about Michigan State. That Michigan State team's a good team. In its own. I didn't expect to win. No. But you had a bye week again, came out, and you put that on the table. Then, this week you play Missouri State, who, by the way, is the 14th. They're going to kill you. Maybe, unless a miracle happens. And Jeff Ryan and Tim <laughs> Ron Smith down. Um, uh, then you play at Indiana State, who's awful. But right now, we're the worst Look, team in the conference. You can't, I, I understand. And then you have a bye week. Yeah, again, and, and we you can run South the whole Dakota schedule, State. Anthony. It doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm not saying that they have the ability to win. We already know that chances are the way they're constructed probably will not win games, if any. How games. many do you think they're going to win again? 
I don't think they'll win. I don't, they within 10 points of any team. Wait and see. I don't think probably no. Quite honest with you, I expect a complete collapse. I do, too. I do, too. I, I expect a complete collapse. Um, you can't lose at home the way you did to Western Illinois. Not to anybody, but especially to the worst team in the conference. Well, that's my point. That you knew, you that had, you said all week, we this is what they're going to do, and they did the same Anthony, thing. Anthony, I, I got to listen to part of the pregame last week going into yeah. Northern Iowa. and I. What did he it, have to say? Very seldom do I listen to a pregame, mm-hmm. and I just happened to be driving around, so I had the opportunity to have it on. Without, you know, quoting it and having it all in front of me. Basically, he basically, I don't know without saying, no, without saying it, with saying it without saying it, he basically said, I don't have the offensive line. Well, guess whose job well, that wait, is? Wait, 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 prefaced it this way. You know, Northern Iowa, they're, they're phenomenal. You know, and he was talking, yeah. about, and he goes like this. They do is they reload the offense and defensive line. They have more players. You know, yep. every year someone's coming. He's in. right. He goes, they're sophomores. When they become senior and graduate, there's a sophomore coming up into yep. their system. That is true. And that's what they've done for many years. And he says, and that's our goal. And with without saying it, but saying it, he threw his own offensive line under the bus there. Well, and that's his you know, that he and, retained. And I, uh, the, but still, you're right. Right. It's not. It's not the coach. It's the players. Yeah, he threw under the bus there. Without saying Wolford it, without that trying, a lot. yes, you know, many coaches get caught. Yep, and they don't. They maybe they're too honest at times for their own good. And this is where the the senator and Trestle used to be really good at at, at answering a question without answering. Yep, and it used to frustrate many people in the media and all but that. Most Trestle speak. Well, yeah. that's coach speak. Yeah, there's times where and like I said, I was listening to that and I'm like, I go. I'm not disagreeing what he's saying because some of it's true. He's, yeah, he's right. There's facts there that he's saying. But is he true. just threw his players under the bus. But he just threw his own players under mm-hmm. the bus into this game, you know, and gave him the excuse saying, "Well, we just we, don't we, have the we have the talent. We, the, yeah, the we don't have the talent to compete." Well, and, and it was it was surprising to hear that. And again, I don't think he's a a bad person. He's not a not. bad person. And, and, and he's a that. nice guy. He's and, a and nice I, person. I, what he I cares think, about what I think is, oh, I think he absolutely. I've never met a coach once that didn't believe he's preparing their team. I found coaches that are disappointed, frustrated, and can't figure out what they can do and trying to best manage under a tough situation. I don't think he's in a tough situation. I think he's overmatched. Yes, completely. And, More overmatched than what I think we are. You know, it's kind of, I hate saying this, and this is, this is a really bad, bad comparison. The name I'm thinking of is John Stroya. Now, are you familiar with that one in basketball? I am not. I am not. John Stroya is unfortunately maybe the worst Division One coach of all time. Uh, John Stroya thrown to the wolves by Wyish. It wasn't his fault that he was overmatched. Like I said before, if you're offered a job, you take it. Yes. And John Stroya replaced Jim Clemens as head coach at Wyish. Jim Clemens for two seasons and he was kind of cleaning house trying mm-hmm. to build a program and then the Chicago Bulls came along and Michael Jordan and that whole group and he went to Chicago so it was it was actually in the like the summer so there wasn't a national search for a head coach they just gave it to John Stroy who was on his staff well he had a mediocre first year mm-hmm. I think they you know 
for like five or seven games under yeah. 500. But, I mean, it wasn't horrible, it wasn't but terrible. it wasn't great. great. Yeah. It was nothing to write home about. But under the circumstances, he might only won 10 games that mm-hmm. year. But my whole point is I don't remember exact numbers, but overmatched. Mm-hmm. Well, they extended his contract by three years. Oh, God. And in the process, I think over those three years, he won 10 games. Okay? It was just completely overmatched. And then once he was let go, Dan Peters came, rebuilt the program, and had that mm-hmm. run in the yeah. mid, in the in the 90s where they were quite successful. And Robick took over mm-hmm. from there. And you could go into, yeah. uh, you know, this was probably way before you were even born. Okay? But my point is. I remember Robick. Yeah. But John Stroya is just overmatched. Wrong person for the job. And they extended him when they they went cheap you know they didn't care about the basketball program and still don't well yeah that's a whole different story but my point is i'm afraid philip might be that category just matched oh i think where the pro yeah yeah. and if that's the case we haven't seen bottom yet gavin and that's you know that's the hard part i mean i don't i don't want to think of what bottom could be from 19 89 to 1993, John Stroya had a career record at Youngstown State head basketball coach, 29 and 81. 89? 29 and 81. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Now, Jim Clemens, like I told you, cleaned yeah. house, was here for two seasons. wasn't much better. He was 12 and 44. He literally cleaned house. He was trying to build a program yeah. from the ground up, and he was here for Now, Jim Clemens replaced Mike Rice. Because Daly was hired in between, but unfortunately, yeah. the cancer returned and he passed. Yes. So he never coached a game for Sound State. Mike Rice, prior to Jim Clemens, was 75 and 60 and the most successful coach of the Division One year. Now, granted, Don Roselli was only one year at yep. Division One, but won over 500 games. You know, I mean, yeah. not, not even comparable uh, a success, but I'm just, you know, using that mm-hmm. as an example. I am concerned. The YSU football program could be headed towards a John Stoya type era. You know, finish my thought quickly. This week remaining is 14 points on anybody. Probably not. All right. I can't talk about YSU anymore. We'll talk about them in the future. Real quickly, I, hard to believe that we're an hour into this podcast, and I'm just mentioning it now, but the Browns are 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield maybe played one of the most mediocre games ever. Most impressive part about that is they won. It was a team effort. Mm-hmm. It was the defense that came through. It was the special teams that came through. It was the running game. It shows you what a, a complete team can do because mm-hmm. the most po- important person on the field is your quarterback. Yep. And when your quarterback doesn't deliver the ball properly, you usually lose ball games. You get blown out. Yep. You just lose ball games. But, yeah, you yep. can get blown out in the process. They found a way to win a game and dominate that game, even though your quarterback, my opinion, played a – Subpar, and I'm being kind. Game, he, you know, he mentioned it after the game. If you've seen the game in the fourth quarter, they had the 14-7 lead. They try and run out the clock. They ran the ball twice, no problem mm-hmm. with. It. Third down and about seven, maybe third down and five. It's a make or break game. You, you make the first down, you're gonna run out the clock mm-hmm. in the game. You know, Minnesota's not gonna have the last mm-hmm. ditch yeah. run that they had. You have to make that path. Beckham was wide open. Beckham was completely wide open. It wasn't Beckham. It wasn't chemistry. You got to deliver the ball. Matter of fact, if you just put air underneath that, Beckham could have ran in, grabbed it, and gone into the zone. He was that wide open. The Browns are going to succeed going forward. They can't have Baker Mayfield keep playing at this level. 
He's capable of better. We've seen it even mm-hmm. in the previous games. Mm-hmm. The most impressive part of that game is you still won because your defense played an amazing, your offensive line played an amazing, and your running back did what they had to do. And they found a kicker. When you can kick 50-yard field goals, 50-plus-yard mm-hmm. field goals, you're five out of six out of them. Yeah. You got a weapon, you know, that you don't normally have. And now it's a big part of the NFL to be able to kick long field goals. So, yeah, they're three and one. First half, I, you break the season down in quarters. No, there's 17 games, so the last yep. quarter has five. Yep. I know it makes no sense mathematically, but that's just the way it has to work. Um, a B, a solid B for the first four games of the season. And a game that you probably, again, could have beat Kansas City with better play on the road in Kansas City to open up the season. A game that you probably should have won. Again, if Baker played a little bit better in that game down the stretch, may do win. That's where the Browns are at. Can they get Baker Mayfield to play at the highest level to start winning ball? You can still win a championship with an average, Mm -hmm. above-average quarterback, but you have to have a dominating defense. You have to have a dominating game and a dominating offensive line. Um, Very similar to what your Denver Broncos did in the last year of Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning was not the same. Same Peyton Manning who was two years earlier where he threw 55 touchdowns and, and led the Broncos to the Super Bowl. It wasn't the same Peyton Manning that year. However, you know, they were able to find a way to win. And they did it through the ground mm-hmm. game. They did it through defense. They did it through that. The Browns have the same potential. I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. Yeah. They just have the same potential. They're built similar. I think Minnesota's built similar. Minnesota's one and three. They've had some bad luck, you know, and not, you know, finishing out games. For example, they could have tied that game up. They couldn't do it. You know, the Browns left the door open. You can't do that in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I look where the Browns are at and what they're achieving. This is a good football team, and it has a chance to win. And in this division, your biggest ch- I mean, you're seeing your biggest challenge right here. It's Baltimore, and it's going to be an upcoming Cincinnati team. That Cincinnati team is offensively. It can score points. It has playmakers. It's going to be fun to watch this, this division. And as for Pittsburgh, they're just getting old. Your quarterback's old. Enough said. I mean, it's, it is, they are what they are. They're in transition, and maybe that transition will be faster in two, three years. You just don't have a quarterback to, to identified to replace Roethlisberger, and they owed him so much money they had to extend him for two years. It'll be interesting to see what happens. In- I was going to say, uh, football season ended for me last time I left Danbaugh Stadium. That was it. <laughs> I was done. I started counting down the baseball season next year. And uh, Skipping right over basketball? Watch Holy Cross. <laughs> YSU will be terrible. Uh, but, yeah, basketball season's coming. Holy Cross should be, and that's that's become a standard now. It's pretty yeah. impressive that well, as a school, we're just hoping not to lose by 50 every time. It's kind of, yeah. hey, what's what's going on up there? You, you never better, know. Uh, so, yeah, October 25th we start. Now we're here. Uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, football season ended for now. Last week. It's yeah. done. It's over. Done. Over. Uh, All right. Going to that date, I did not watch any. I have not watched it this year. and Probably one year. All right. Let me ask you this real quick. Yes. Um, Cincinnati beating Notre Dame. You called it three weeks ago. That's. Uh, I'll say this: uh, Cincinnati is not a very good football team. They're good. They're not great. They don't have a good quarterback or good back. They tackle very well. Notre Dame is just that. And I have said it. I have said it. I've been one of the only ones who have said it since that week. Uh, that's a terrible football team that has talent. Is so poorly coached. Nobody wants a minute. What if I told you... He's got to go. What if I told you that... And I'm just throwing this scenario. 
I don't think this will happen, by the way. It was a perfect fit for 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 U.S. Who? Good, he can go on uh, top ten. I'm just saying, think about it. He, uh, it'll be. A, I have never seen a team. I agree with you that the, I don't want to get on a rant because I've given up on football. <laughs> I really have. Like I, I'll watch YSU and that'll be it. Like I don't care. But I don't care. Be going to another game games this year though, right? I'm not sure. You're not sure. I'm not sure. Oh wow! I thought for sure you go no matter sure. what. Uh, I, no, no, it's not like YSU where I, I'll go no matter. What. Okay. I'll go to YSU and Boo Phillips. Yeah, I'll, I'll Boo Phillips. I'll still root to win, but I know to win. But I'll still go. Um, I did. did it's everything that I said that after everybody was celebrating what a national if I told championship you win over just mighty curiosity. I'm not saying this will ever happen, but just let me just fantasize here for and just say USC comes and takes Kelly away from Notre Take Dame. Him. Does Notre Dame even think about Luke Fickle? Uh, I think they would be stupid not, but think about. It. I don't know if Luke, Luke Fickle would take that job. I'm just saying, does Luke Notre Dame Fickle look to look Fickle? has raised Cincinnati to the Big 12 now. Remember, they're going oh, yeah. to the Big 12. Oh, yeah. So he's in a Power 5 conference without Texas, without Oklahoma. Your best team you got to beat every year is Oklahoma State. Well, they're, they're, the, same, State, like, they're you know, the same conference they're in now, basically. Yeah. Then. You know, you got West Virginia. Yeah, so you got to be. I mean, so. No, I'm just being, I'm just being realistic. If here. Luke Fickle is smart. He stays there and has an Oklahoma-type run in the Big 12. Yeah. Who's going to beat them consistently? It's a great point. It's a great point. You should I have. Just, I'm just, I wanted to get your st- thought. Here are my three names. Okay. That yeah, if you could replace Kelly tomorrow. Or, right now. Yeah. Right now. Who would they, those be? Um, number one. Right, not any particular order. Yeah, no no order. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Okay. But I don't think he'd ever leave Northwest. Okay. He's comfortable there, but he's a, right. he is a phenomenal He would be great coach. for Notre Dame. I totally agree. He knows the, he knows I, the area, I, the I, academic. He, he, I he totally, totally agree that he would be a perfect, perfect. fit. Uh, a sneaky name that nobody's strong last year or so, and I really liked the way he did. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flax. I like James Frank. Think about oh, what he did. Think about what let he me did. Ask you, no, I agree with you. Here's the thing. I think Franklin might be the first choice for UAE, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, could be. And I'm not saying... The USC, to me, though, has a YSU problem, a point yeah. where they want an administration problem, like Miami, where these schools kind of want their guy. Uh, Miami wants a Miami man. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Michigan wants a Michigan man, and yeah. we saw how that's... Um, I, I won't tell you this now before Who's I go your third one? Fickle, Fitzgerald, and Franklin. I think the, the okay. job he did at Vanderbilt... Well, let me ask you this. What about Camel from Iowa State? No, no, no. So I think he'd be a great fit. No, I think he's. If there was well, one, number coach, one choice is Pat for sure, but that's not turning the job he's done there. So Notre Dame would have more money to offer. Yeah, but some guys just. I understand what you're saying. Some guys just like Chris Peterson. You know, yeah. he had Oregon and USC and UCLA, and he had you know, no. and he's like, you know what? I'm good at Boise State in Washington. You know, he. Yeah. That's what I wanted at Notre Dame before. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, and look. It's a I wanted Brian job. Kelly. Yeah, I wanted Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. I think Brian Kelly, truth of the matter is, was the right choice when he got there. Yeah, he's just been there what fifteen years. It was two thousand and ten. Mm. So it's time 12, to move on. Thirteen years. Time to move on. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's it just everybody has a shelf life. Yeah, in sports, no it's matter who you stale. are. Oh yeah, it's well. I just think you know the, Brian Kelly in. I can see Brian Kelly in. I mean, it would be interesting to see a Florida Notre Dame coach go to USC. Yeah. I, I think that's an interesting yeah. storyline. I don't think it'll happen. 
it's an interesting storyline. I think Matt Campbell would be in a great choice for USC. I think Franklin would be a great choice. I, I agree with, you know. USC, I, to me, the guy with. Pizzazz. Yeah, yeah bravado, pizzazz. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but, assume. Maybe they need something complete opposite. Maybe they need a Luke Fickle kind of approach. Look, I'll say this. I've always been a Luke Fickle and I know people, Ohio State fans, that hate Luke Fickle for 2011. That's not his fault at all. Oh, heck no. I'm telling you this right now. I've said it for two years. When Ryan Day leaves for the NFL, leaves for our college job, that's the guy you... Well, I think everybody... Right there. I think everybody has had their sights on Luke Fickle. Luke since... Fickle. Luke Fickle always had, I think, as long as when he was the head coach at Ohio State for that one... He earned all the respect in the world yes. within the university, within the football program. And then when he was able to be the defensive coordinator for Meyer, Meyer and have the success and then move on like he yep. did. I think everyone has the same feeling about him. If he ever could come back, they would take him in a heartbeat. And here's- I don't know if that's in the cards. Yeah. Because, let's face it, Ryan Day potentially could be there for 10 yeah, years. Yeah, he could. He, yeah, you, you have, maybe he just says, you know what, right. I'm done with – I don't want to test the NFL waters. What? I've seen that. Say this. Um, Luke Fickle has two times he's been has taken over terrible situations. Yes. At Ohio State, you were in a no-one situation. You, you're not winning that 99% year. 99% of, of, of job openings are bad situations. And people don't realize this. Cincinnati job, when he took it over, was awful. Tommy Tuberville just ran that thing into the ground. They need some facility updates. They will get that with the Big 12, I assume. Um, I'm going to say two more things on college. I digress. I was wrong in the sense that I predicted Boston College. But if not for a muff snap, Boston College, uh, to piggyback off that point, the Clemson dynamic. And, the quarterback. And it ended as soon as Dabo ran his mouth in the 11th best team because Ohio State exposed them and dated them. That loss is going to have crippling effect for that program for years to come. I th- I definitely believe he tried to cash a check he couldn't cash that yeah. day. However, I'll go in a different direction. The moment Lawrence available for the NFL is when yeah. that ended. Yeah. Because he didn't have yep. a quarterback to replace him. He was very fortunate. He had two quarterbacks yeah. in a row who were NFL caliber and ter- terrific. Deshaun Watson and Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And who had potential And I could be teams. wrong. It could be a two, three year. Remember at Ohio State, Trestle had a couple some, down well, years and then got fired. Here's, here's, here's the bottom line is we talk about this no matter where you're at, mm-hmm. quarterback matters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a perfect example in Clem. Yeah. What's going on? You have to be able to. And, and you know what here? This is why I don't follow recruiting at all. I, it's too Because difficult. he was the five-star next can't-miss guy. He's going to be the stud, Heisman Trophy winner and everything. And right now you're talking about Ben. He's terrible. He's awful. No, that's just the way it and works. And my last point on college football before I uh, finish for the night, I'm, I hope all our friends up in Ann Arbor with their cream puff, powder pulp, because they played absolutely no. And they can be hyped up. We're Michigan men. We're ranked. We're finally ranked for the first time in 15, 16. I forget they play college football. But, um, you know, they can be hyped. Oh, Harbaugh's back. He's got a quarterback. We're on, you know. Aiden Hutchinson saying, we're on a revenge tour again. Well, Aiden, the last time you had a revenge tour, that got shredded to pieces by crossing routes and slant routes in Columbus. And that was Ohio State's worst years. Um, they didn't score in the second half. At home. At 
home. But they're going to tell you, Wisconsin and Camp Randall, because Wisconsin couldn't move the ball on them. They're awful. Awful. Every time Wisconsin quarterback drops back to pass, I I think Paul Chris is going to lose his mind. Because he knows it's going to be picked. He said it's not a pick six. Um, so they can, you know, puff their chefs out and they have to revenge tour and the Michigan men are back. You know, seven in Ann Arbor. You're a few Rutgers and Ohio State's not playing anywhere near with a hurt quarterback. And, and uh, let me say this. Michigan doesn't have a player like Trayvon. And he was hurt. And but, but they will tell you how they got hustles and all the Michigan men are running back and they're going to run down your throat. We're going to run 90 times a game and throw it five yards or five times like make Woody Hayes sick. How come? Look, that's great. You can puff your chest out. We beat Western Michigan and we're going to have a maze out and we beat Washington who couldn't move the ball on Montana. No respect to Montana. Don't think people in Columbus forget. Michigan said last year and then Ryan Day says he's going to 100 on them. And don't think for a second for the next 100 years they will forget last December. Because Ohio State now is playing at 25th, 30th percent of what they're going to be in November. I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, I'm just saying you're, enjoy you're, playing cream puffs. Enjoy me, your seven-point eager over Rutgers. There are pretenders and there's contenders. Michigan will always be a pretender. Until they beat Ohio State. But they're Michigan. Again, pretenders, and there's content. Tim, I'm going to say this. Michigan, bottom line. They found their quarterback, though. They have their quarterback. I totally understand what you're saying, and I understand it completely and 100%. I'm giving you the bottom line. Kate McNamara. The bottom line. There's pretenders, and there's contenders. We know that. And And now, until they beat Ohio State, not contenders. And I'm going to say this, too. They better beat Ohio State this year. Not they happen. have to beat Ohio State this year. This is Ohio State's worst team that Day's going to have in the next five or six years. Have you seen the recruiting rankings, the way he develops players? Anthony. But I'm going to say this. You're right. It won't happen. There's no suspense who's going to win that football game. That game is over. It's over. Ohio State's going to win. It's name your own score and name how much you win by yeah, they may give up 40. Ohio State's defense is not. Although they looked better against Rutgers. Oh, it's Rutgers. But Michigan's going to say, we eat Rutgers. The only question becomes, how many yards receiving does Wilson and Olave have combined? That game's over. It's over. There's there's no game to talk about. It's a scrimmage. It's like playing Harvard High School, Ann Arbor Junior College. It It's over. Ohio State's toughest Michigan game, Cowboys 4 against Michigan. Team's good. Yeah, they're, they're getting better. Nobody realizes. Mel Tucker's doing a great job. All right, Anthony, that's the last word. We're done here, yeah, buddy. I, you, you, you've hit it, on, you hit it out of the ball. I park. had to get it off my chest it's because right. I keep hearing this revenge tour and all this and how Look, we're back and, you know. Again, there's pretenders and there's contenders. Good. You're the second best team in the state. Till you... Until they beat Ohio State? Not happen in the next five or six years. They're not contenders. That's, Let me say this. That's, that's the bottom Michigan line. Michigan goes 11-1 if you lose to Ohio State. They're, they're a pretender. 55-24. to 24. They're pretenders. They're pretenders. Is he gone? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I that think doesn't... they like the Michigan we compete. Well, bottom line is I really don't care. I I hope they suck for years. I'm, I'm just tired of hearing this I... back revenge tour. Like, come on. You beat Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, Look, Rutgers. Here's the bottom line. 
and I'm going to bottom line it for you. And you're, what you're saying is true. And I'm not denying anything you're saying here. What you're saying, I'm going to go back yeah. in history here real quick. The Woody Hayes, Schellenberger, Air War yep. was a phenomenal time yeah. in high school, uh, college football. Okay. Michigan had a slight lead in that. Yeah. Bru- Earl Bruce, same thing. Bruce had he a winning, winning record, record. Yes, yes. against Michigan. He's it was very, it was, yeah. again, Six and four, something like that. It all matters is that game. So, bottom line, it was it was a winning record against me. Then you had the Cooper years, and it fell completely, where Michigan dominated. And Jim Trestle came down to Columbus and changed. It's been over. It has. And I'm saying this right now one more time. No matter what Michigan does, in the end, they are not back beat Ohio's. I disagree with that. They're not back until they beat him. Okay. Until it's consistently a game. Until it's nowhere near a 130. Well, here's, here's you gave me the best quote let me, a couple let me, years let me, ago. Let me let me put it this way. I know what you're saying, and yes. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Yeah, I'm saying in order to beat Ohio State, you have to have the talent to beat them. Ohio State, like it or not, is a top four recruit, top, top four team in the country every year. Top three, but I agree. Yes. My yeah. point is, yes. they're one of the top four teams. Yep, schools in college football for Michigan to compete against Ohio State. They have to raise to that level. I don't see it happening anymore. No, you're. It's you're it's, not a year or two away. It's, you're, it's you're the years same. Away. It's the same with Auburn and Alabama. Yeah. Auburn might have a few glimpses on the on the yeah. radar, but Auburn no. can't compete with nope. Michigan. I mean, can't compete with Alabama. Nope. And this is the same thing. Nope. Until they beat Ohio State on the field, 100% beat them, and that's just the bottom line. Anthony, that's it. We're done. This has been a long podcast because we haven't seen yeah. each other for a while. However, uh, we'll be back soon. Hopefully, we'll get our schedules going, and uh, we'll be able to do this more often. We look forward to any comments that you may have. Check us out on our webpage, RadioMP.com. Check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, anywhere you download. Apple po- iTunes. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere you download Spotify. your thing. If you have a chance to give us a really appreciate it. Uh, you support us. BuyMeACoffee.com slash radio. And simple as that. Uh, We're done here. We'll talk to you next time right here on Radio MVP.